Hey, it's Michael, and we're here to break down episode 7 of LEGO Masters on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. This Brick Chic Challenge was so fun to see them come up with these designer handbags. And I was lucky enough to get to sit down with former contestants Justin and Liz to break it all down. Coming up early next week, I'll have my exit interview with the team that went home this week. And of course, I'll be back next Saturday to break down episode 8 with another panel of your favorite former LEGO Masters contestants. And if you want even more LEGO fun, over on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, I bring you the week in LEGO news with all the stories you need to know every Saturday. And with this season of LEGO Masters really heating up, you won't want to miss anything we've got coming up. So be sure you stay subscribed to the podcast to make sure you don't miss out on anything. So with all the formalities out of the way, let's jump into this episode's recap. This week was all about high fashion. So of course, I had to bring two of the most fashionable LEGO Masters that exist from season three. One of our favorites. Welcome to the podcast. Liz, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I love your musicality. It's 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 very like Allison and Melanie this season. So I love it. Um, I am a music teacher by day. So. That is true. That is true. I, I should have I should have never forgotten that. Um, but <laughs> also, um, you know, last episode I, I joked it was Oops All Season Two, but this week it's Oops All Season Three. Um, you know, we we already had Austin on, but of course we had to have Justin. Say hello to everyone. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? Um, clearly, I'm the more fashionable one, so I think that I'm more appropriate for this week uh, anyway. So I'm, I'm glad you got to talk to Austin, but you know, I think you, you picked me for the right week here. Of course, I did. I mean, the two of you though are the the epitome of fashion in your two person purple jacket from the mini golf episode. So that that was the, the highest point of fashion that we probably had on any season. Oh, absolutely! That thing was really fun to walk around in Chicago too. So, <laughs> well, um, well, we're so excited to have the two of you, and obviously, we haven't caught up at all this season. Season. Liz, what did you think about this episode as a whole and how are you enjoying the season? Um, I'm loving the season overall. I'm extremely jealous of this episode. <laughs> I wanted to build fashion so bad. In fact, I have built fashion before. I have built handbags before. Oh, so wow. I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I want to do this challenge so much. So like it might inspire me to build another one. But I was so excited to see what everybody came up with. Yes. And come up with a lot of crazy things they did. Um, but, you know, Justin, what what is your thoughts been? And, you know, what did you think about how this episode turned out? Um, well, I mean, first off, as, as on a whole, on the whole, I've really enjoyed the season quite a bit. Um, I actually really loved the the realism episode. That was one of my favorites. Um, I love the Australian version of it. And I'm really glad they did that um, for, for this season, too. It was also really nice to to see our friend Stacy on the show again too, that was cool. Um, that was a cool segue into this week because I think this week also should be more of like a realism sort of episode, and that we're trying to make a handbag that looks like and you know a fashionable piece that you can wear. So um, I don't know. I thought this was a great episode. One of my favorite things to do is to make something and have somebody come up and look at it and say, "Oh my gosh, that's made out of Lego." And like not realize that. So this this episode was wonderful. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, you make an excellent point, and and my head was definitely going to the same place, which is like. If you if you learned what you needed to learn last episode, it probably would help you with this one because, you know, it was really about, um, you know, capturing like a real life object. Obviously, they could come up with any unique design for it. But in essence, it was like another take on the realism challenge, if you will. You just didn't have to replicate anything. You got to come up with your own you know, real life object. But let's jump into this episode. Um, you know, we see that the, you know, the contestants, they walk in, we see all four of the seasons, the, the backdrops that will be for the upcoming photo shoot. Sam ends up saying it's America's next top Lego model. And, um, you know, we see Will come out and he says, as you know, I've recently been named editor in chief of the fa of the fashion of the hottest new fashion magazine, Brick Chic. And, you know, we see him 
you know, Will was very uh, Miranda Priestly from The Devil Wears Prada this episode. He's throwing out all sorts of diva behavior. He's trying to tell people he understands what the word swag and drip means. Uh, you know, Liz, what did you think about Will's shenanigans this episode? I was there for it. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, Will <laughs> is selling this. He, I mean, <laughs> I was kind of bummed that the contestants, but I get it. I mean, they were not feeding into it as much as I would have. But I mean, I get it. They're like in there in your building and you're focused on your building. Then you've got Will walking by being like, mm, no, love it. Hate it. Gone. Whatever. It's, <laughs> it's classic Will. And I mean, it was hysterical. It was amazing. Yes. I mean, at a certain point, he even fired Jamie. You know, you can't <laughs> fire that that sweetheart of a brick master, Justin. You know, what did you think about Will? I, I mean, Will is hilarious. He he definitely <laughs> fell right into the role of diva for sure. Um, I, I thought the same thing. I thought Devil Wears Prada, Miranda Priestly right away, um, you know, super, super high maintenance, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of took the the firing Jamie as sort of a, a, a throwback to that that last episode where he stole his call time a little bit, maybe like maybe there's Ooh. still a bit of a conflict brewing there, um, which I thought was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Seeing a little more of Jamie's personality, which we also saw in this episode, <laughs> too, was was great. Um, I will say this. Amy looked very fashion chic. I was kind of hoping Jamie would have been like in like a Zoolander kind of getup or something. I thought Ooh. that would have been that was maybe a missed opportunity. But um, anyway, no, I, I I really enjoyed the opening. I thought it was fun. I yes. would have liked to see Jamie's sig fig though, because when Will said turn in your minifigure and leave, and Jamie just started that little walk of shame out. I was like, oh, does he actually have one? <laughs> yes, I would have loved to see a Zoolander Jamie, and they love putting him in strange getup. So this does feel like a wasted opportunity. I also would have just died if he, uh, as he left, he said to Will, Merman, Merman. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> well, let's jump into this week's challenge. Uh, Will says, this week, your challenge is to design and build functional life-size designer bags. In the end, we are putting on a professional photo shoot and you will do the modeling. Your epic photo shoot will determine who will win the challenge and land the cover of this month's Brick Chic. And, you know, Justin, you did say you were the more fashionable of the of you and Austin. But do you think you would be the model, you know, if this was you and, and Austin? I mean, Austin's a ham, so I think he probably would have fought for it. Um, so probably he would have he would have won that that little exchange there. I don't know. What do you think, Liz? Uh, yeah, I think I think Austin would have won that one, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Austin's got like the faux hawk or the mohawk at what point. So, I mean, you know, he's got the hair for it. Although you have the hair for it now, but I'm not so much sure then. That's, that's very true. My hair, my long hair is gone. So, um. <laughs> thank God that is so out this season. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but this is a very funny uh, intro. You know, Will says, "Does that sound like something you'd be interested in?" And everyone's like, "Yeah." And he says, "Doesn't matter. You have to do it anyway." Um, but this was a, was a good one. But uh, they go on to explain. Uh, that each of them are going to pick one of eight magazines, which represents a season. So, you know, their their um, designer handbag will also have to be influenced by the season that they pick with all four seasons, of course, being available spring, summer, winter and fall. Liz, if this was you and Aaron, is there a season you would have been gravitating towards? I personally think I would have gone for spring. I mean, spring colors, they tend to pop more Um Fall, I would not have like because fall just seems like it's just brown to me. Like you think <laughs> fall is like brown and orange, but with spring, it's like then you can go with like your pinks and your purples or even the yellows. So that's just me personally because I know Amy loves her pop of color. So, sure, you know, that's exactly it. But I do have to say, when they did make the Mad Dash for the magazines, I definitely had flashbacks of dashing for the leashes. And when he said, "Hey, don't break <laughs> the set," like Will said, "Don't break the set," and all of a sudden I'm like, "Yeah," because that's already been done. Crash. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, to your point, I think like you don't want to dig yourself into a corner. And I think the, you know, there was only one team that picked winter and maybe that's why, you know, is that they, you know, not a lot of teams were very inspired by whether it's the color palette or whatever it might be. And, you know, Amy goes on to say in this challenge, we want you to elevate Lego bricks into must have fashion items. And, you know, she gives a lot of really good like nudges, which is I'm talking luxury details, sophisticated color choices and runway worthy styling to really match your chosen season. So, you know, Justin, you know, if, if you were taking on this challenge, you know, like I think that's a very specific call out to say, like, don't make a plain old bag. Right. But you also want to make sure that it's like actually tasteful. So how do you like how do you interpret this and, and where does your mind go when you're taking on a challenge like this? Well, Michael, I went to school in Hoboken, New Jersey for college, which is right outside New York and New York fashion fashion week, big thing. And so, you know, I may not be like the most up to date on what the newest Prada bag is or whatever Louis Vuitton's <laughs> making, but like I, I've been exposed to it quite a bit. And so, you know, thinking about that, you really, in my opinion, you have to kind of decide from the very beginning, what kind of bag are you going for? Are you going for something that is like bright, lots of color, that kind of deal? Are you looking for something that's more fabric based and has like a pattern? Are you looking for ostentatious logos that are placed all around the bag? You know, what kind of clasps are we talking? How big is it got to be? That kind of stuff. So I think that, you know, that that's sort of what I'm thinking is very, very iconic sort of symbols that um, kind of refer you back to those kind of bags. This also gives me a little bit of a flashback because I tried to make a doctor's bag in episode one and that really <laughs> did not work for us. So, um, you know, a little, little PTSD there. Um, but but really, my focus probably would have been on what what like three details that I could have could have picked would have been and then what what color scheme um, works with the brick pit, because ultimately the brick pit is sort of your limiting factor as far as color goes. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point, because I think a lot of people, you know, like if you wanted to build something out of two by fours, there's plenty of colors. But, um, you know, we even saw some of that being discussed last episode when uh, Paul and Yolita were talking about what color their um, telescope should be. And he said it has to be light gray because there's more options in light gray. And so I, I think to your point, you do have to be thinking about these things. And, you know, maybe you go into the brick pit and sort of let some of the bricks inspire you, which is a lot of times the way people like to build, you know, they like to like find the unique pieces and let that inspire the build instead of coming up with a concept ahead of time. Obviously, I know the way the show works, they make you sort of come up with a concept at the table. Uh, but I do think that maybe the brick pit could inspire you in a fun way. Um, but the other thing Jamie mentioned was, you know, we're not going to be looking at your models from a distance this time because of the photo shoot. Your models need to be strong enough for you to pose and work it for that buzzworthy cover shot moment. And, you know, Liz, you know, you had a dog that had to work it down a dog walk. You know, what what are these you know, what do you have to keep in mind when you're trying to build strong for something that's going to get a little wear and tear? Well, and that's I was thinking that the whole time, because even when you're building you know, normal structures, you're thinking, okay, you only have to move them once for the photo and the show, sure. right? But with this one, they're going to be doing the pictures and the posing and the photographer that adds a whole other level of, oh my God, this build needs to move multiple times, multiple ways. And that is a huge, huge difficult issue when it comes to building Lego, because it is so fragile. I mean, it's a brick. And when you're doing things like brick bending, it's even harder. So, I mean, yeah. it's, definitely a challenge that I was curious to see how everyone was going to do. Absolutely. And we, and we see a lot of the teams, you know, taken in different directions. Uh, Liz, I do have a question for you. We, I, I remember during your um, mechanical bull build, do you use some of those capes? Did you, when you were watching this episode, did you think about using fabric capes in, in a bag at all or anything like that? Cause I thought no, that was ambitious. I was thinking like, if you used any of the fabric that was there, like fabric capes, I'm wondering if like Amy might've been like, that's cheating or something like, cause you're using fabric as fabric, but 
You never know. You never know. I, I'm very much one of those. I'm inspired by the brick pit things. So those capes were the catalyst for that entire build. <laughs> I love to see it. Um, but yeah, well, like I said, we saw the approach from a lot of teams, you know, handling this in very different directions. So why don't we jump into that build phase and talk about some of those directions that all the teams went. So, you know, the first team that I want to talk about was Allison and Melanie. You know, they were so excited about this. Um, you know, challenge They, you know, um, Melanie had done some modeling as a brand ambassador of sorts. They really felt confident going into it. But, you know, we saw them struggle in a couple different ways. You know, the first right off the bat, they talk about that we wanted to build big. And I think part of this is they were given feedback in the previous episode that their object was the smallest of the bunch. And so I don't think they wanted to be seen as playing it safe. But, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts, Justin, like how do you go take the criticisms from one challenge, but don't let that be your problem in the next challenge? So it's tough. Um, it's always going to be tough because, the, you, you know, uh, we, we like to think that there's been a full week since the last challenge. And, you know, you've had a little time to digest. But in reality, the way filming works, it's not. That's still pretty fresh in your mind. So I do think that probably was very much um, on their minds uh, as far as the size of their build goes. And they were trying to get get something large. Um, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing. I think that uh, one one lesson that I think retrospectively I've, I've learned quite a bit is each build is different and each build stands on its own. And so you you have to have a short memory. You got to be a goldfish, like they say in Ted Lasso um, and just and just trying to you know do as best you can um, with with the new challenge. So I think that, you know, being ambitious and going big is always a, a risk. And, um, you know, we know how risks play out sometimes. So it's 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 a little bit tough. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we talked about this is sort of like the last challenge where there's a bit of realism that grounds the builds in this challenge. And Jamie went on to say, you know, like, how are you envisioning such a big bag being held? You know, and I think, you know, they wanted to see people wearing the bags, you know, holding them like you would a real purse or a real bag. And so, you know, he was he was sort of saying, you know, try out that strap. Like, how long would it need to be? You know, Melanie's also short. So I feel like that sort of, you know, changes sort of the dynamics of things for them. And this led them to change everything. And, you know, Liz, you know, I, I hate to bring it up a little bit, but it sort of reminds me of your pirate ship build where one piece of feedback took you on an entirely different direction, pretty far into the challenge. So, you know, what do you think might have been going through Allison and Melanie's heads right now? I know pretty much probably exactly what was going through their heads was <laughs> we are screwed because when you get that feedback, Jamie and Amy are very careful in what they say because sure. they don't want to sound like they're telling you what to do and what not to do. But the second they say something as concrete as, how do we know it's not a cooler? That is definitely a, <laughs> it looks like a cooler <laughs> and we need to change this immediately. So the panic that was on Allison's face where she was like, we need to make the smaller. I'm like, hey, I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> you know, our ship was ginormous and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the right size. and that that panic taking it apart and we just want to get something together at the end and i'm like great we're gonna have to make her a t-shirt too this is victim of the pivot you know it's, what we all <laughs> uh, it's just it's so hard because i think that there's a piece of you that sometimes feels like we're here there's not much we can do to change it i gotta just keep barreling forward and we've seen a lot of teams do that and get away with it you know i think like of aubrey and ryan in the challenge with their spaceship you know like they made the ship smaller. The ship wasn't perfect, but it was enough to squeak them by to the next episode. You know, yeah. so it's tough. Like part of me feels like, you know, do you just risk it? And and maybe to your point, you keep it as big as ever, but at least you will finish it because you're already halfway there. And maybe you can add some unique detail or shaping to sort of at least 
change the cooler look, even though no one could carry it? Or do you make it smaller so someone could? I think at their point that made them realize like, oh, we're not going to be able to pose with this for the photos. Like we're not going to be able to do anything with this because it's so big. And that's why they had to ultimately like, I mean, it still is very the same shape. It's the same color scheme. It's just a smaller version of it. So I don't think they had to change too, too much, honestly, just kind of shrink it a little bit. Yeah, I think one one other point that I was, I would really, I'm very curious to know is I would love to know what the technical requirements were from the challenge team on this one, because Mm. there's a lot of variability in the sizes of what people made in how large they were and how much bending there was, all that kind of stuff. If there was a weight requirement, I, I think all of that would be really interesting to know. Um, as far as that, that, that technical requirement, um, you know, maybe it was in that tech spec of you have to be able to carry this. I I don't know. Um, I'm guessing. So based on photos, I'm guessing it has to have a strap, all, all six of them have straps. So I don't know if it has to be carried by the strap and it looks like they all have to have an open closure, like a closure section, like an open section. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I was thinking (laughs) the exact same thing, Justin. I was like, what were the rules? What were the parameters? Yeah. And and that's like the fun piece that like we often decipher on this podcast. But to your point, like none of them were like fake hollow. They were all real hollow, you know, and I think that was helpful for some teams and really detrimental from the structural integrity for other teams. So when that's the case, you have to imagine that that was probably a requirement of sorts um, that meant that they couldn't pivot away from you know, the struggles that sort of led them there. Um, but yeah, we never like to see teams struggle. And obviously, Allison and Melanie you know, seeing them sort of in that panic mode was no fun. Um, but why don't we move on to another team here with Christopher and Robert? Um, you know, they had this fall uh, handbag that they were really inspired by. You know, Christopher's mom collects handbags, which, uh, listen, you know, it's not too different from collecting Lego in terms of the cost. Uh, but it's uh, but it, but it's but it was a, probably a very good inspiration for him in the way that Justin was describing, which is even just having some familiarity with the design language of these bags, of what makes these bags unique, uh, is probably a huge advantage. But it got the gears going for them really fast. They wanted to make it as detailed as possible, Christopher says. You know, they're going to have gold veins of a leaf. They also want to have it embroidered. They want to have a design company with their initials. And Amy goes to say, I really encourage you to whittle down your design concepts. You two are great at having a million different ideas, and I can already hear this. So, you know, Justin, sometimes you're on a roll and, and you're doing okay in the competition and you want to do so much. How do you keep yourself from doing enough, but not too much that you can't get it done in the time. It's it's tough because ambition is rewarded a lot of the time and failing to uh, live up to that ambition is also (laughs) punished a lot of the time as well. Um, And so, you know, this is an eight hour challenge. Eight hours is not that long. Um, You got to be, you got to come up with your plan pretty, pretty early. Um, You know, we don't see the clock exactly when they're talking, but I did like that when, when Christopher and Robert were talking, I mean, they, they were already early talking about a clasp in the middle, about it opening up in a certain way. Like they, they had that sort of thing planned very early on. And I think that that allowed them to, you know, make something that still maintains some structural integrity and also was able to, you know, to, uh, to be carried and, and, and be structurally strong and, and, and look, look like it did. Um, you know, uh, it was also really nice to see this other side of, of, uh, Christopher. I know he's gotten a kind of a, uh, the villain trope going on for him. And some people are, you know, frustrated with him in certain ways and that kind of deal. I follow the online chatter a little bit as well, but it was really nice (laughs) to see this other side of him. And, um, you know, that, that personal side was really great to see him bring into this build. Um, 
you know, uh, I think their their fall color choices as far as the palette that they picked, um, you know, just even from the beginning of the build was was spot on. Yeah, and and I love seeing uh, the cute little little Chris photo, you know, him with his mom when he was young, uh, like little baby Chris, who still looks like he would pitch you an idea. But um, no, it was really cute um, to your point to like get a little bit behind the curtain of maybe, uh, I guess, you know, before he had the the terrible, you know, chemical accident that turned him into the villain, you know, when he was a good little child with his mom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Liz, what do you think? I love his bag so much. I want it. I want to see it up close. My jaw <laughs> hit the floor when he opened it up, like for Amy. And I was just like, shut up. It's actually like usable. It opens the front and then the way that it works with the clasp. And I was also shocked that the brick pit had that color and that many different pieces. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, because you look at it, it's it's not a common color. It's like the reddish brown. And the fact that it had the curves and the angles and the plates. And I was just so blown away by it. And it's also like multi-tone by using the yellow with the gold and the pearl gold. I just blown away. Love, love, love. And honestly, like when I think fall, I'm like, oh, it's going to be boring. It's going to be brown. It's gonna, and then it's like, no, this is amazing. And it's not kitschy either because you think, oh, it's a bag in the shape of a leaf. It's going to look like a Canada team bag, but it, it doesn't. It looks classy and it just goes to show he really knows his mom's designer handbags. For sure. For sure. And I, I was just going to add, um, you know, I think they did take uh, Amy's uh, feedback quite well um, because they did do some good editing on that bag. They, you can see that they maintained some of the the essence that they wanted to, but they got rid of a few of the details that that were kind of unnecessary. So um, I don't know. I, I think they did a they were they did a great job as far as planning this out um, from the beginning. Absolutely. Well, why don't we move on then to Lewis and Alex? You know, they were excited to uh, you know do this Miami vibe bag. Um, uh, you know, Alex was maybe too excited to be in a speedo you know part of me had thought maybe production had coaxed him into this beach you know swimsuit idea but you know the first minutes into the challenge when will checks in with them it seems like he's already ready to do this so uh listen alex it sounds like you've been waiting to do this your whole life and i'm just so grateful that you got the chance um but <laughs> um but this is a really fun idea but they obviously took a lot of risks uh you know at one point during like one of the judging check-ins will uh was checking with Berkey master jamie and amy and jamie says i see all potential and all risk because this bag is a bag sorry this is a bag that's flexing in all directions right now everything wants to bend into itself so you know they have these two halves and the strap is going to like attach the halves together they want it to be sturdy and you know jamie says like i'm really curious to see how this turns out you know this is one of those things where we see a lot of teams struggle with this you know even um in the last episode christopher and robert hadn't yet attached the chair to the base and these are those pivotal connections that either are going to mean you have you know i always think about it like the food competition you're gonna have something on the plate or you're not gonna have anything on the plate uh when it comes to the judging but you know, Liz, like, are these like Hail Mary type risks worth uh, risking? <laughs> yeah, well, in their case, apparently it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was my heart was definitely like, oh, my God, are they going to connect? Because as soon as they showed how they were connecting at the top to the bottom with those one little pieces, I'm like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to line it up? How are they going to make sure it's secure? Are they going to have a hand stuck inside of there? And then, oh, man, I was just so nervous for them that it was going to fall apart on the way to the photo shoot or something. It's I know. So yeah. It, I mean, these Hail Mary risks, as Justin said, it is high risk, high reward. I mean, so, yes, it is. It's something you you have to weigh when you're doing it. Like, OK, we either go all in or we're going home. Yes, absolutely. And I think like in a lot of these technical challenges, it's often like 
like, you know, I think back to your, you know, bull riding challenge, the, the point of failure is, is the connection between the character and the bull. And, you know, Jamie goes on to say, you know, that there's a risk that this becomes like a grocery bag where the, where you grab the handles and, you know, it comes off and then the bag just squishes, he says, but like, you know, Justin, like when you're trying to think through Lego and connections and building strong, is it best in some ways to start with this part of it first? Like, you know, like, like I think about your dogs, like how do you make sure your you know head stays on? Like, sh- should that be the first thing you do instead of the last thing you do? You know, like h- how should you be thinking about this if you're a future contestant and you want to get these things right? So this, I think this challenge is particularly interesting because if you want to make a bag look like a bag, it has, a, it has to have a very organic shape, which is the complete opposite of, of a Lego brick for the most part, rigid, you know, squared, that kind of deal. And Organic shapes are really, really difficult with with Lego. Um, in in this challenge in particular, it, it gave me an idea for something like rather than having like the golden brick, like you have some type of reward at some point in the show where you get to play your brick and you get an extra hour. I would have loved to have seen what Luis and Alex could have done with one extra hour with this bag, because sure. I think that with one extra hour, they probably could have pulled this off. Um, I, I loved their color scheme. I thought that they had a really great idea as far as the sale. The, the colors had a very much a Miami Vice vibe to it. I could envision this thing being carried on a beach, um, you know, in Miami. And I would have loved to have seen that that uh, them succeed with this and have just a little bit more time. Structurally, as Liz said, those connection points are tough. Um, and, and it's tough to make work all at the very end. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely been in that position before where you have two <laughs> big structures and you're trying to put them together and they just don't want to play nice. And, and that happens sometimes. And unfortunately for Luis and Alex, they weren't able to, to make it happen. But I really would have loved to have seen this thing come together with maybe just one extra hour of time. And I think it really would have because they had they had a great idea with this with this bag. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, another team that we saw um, that I really loved was um, was Paul and Neolita. You know, like they they really didn't seem to have a problem with this challenge. You know, like I felt like they were just like kind of building away, you know, going through it. And then, um, you know, we see, though. At a certain point, uh, you know, we don't actually see the judges check in, but pa- but Paul says in like a confessional, the Brickmasters are pushing us to think about textures on our bag. And he comes up with this zipper idea to to, to do those one by two bricks with the t- or plates with the teeth. And, you know, this is one of those things where I feel like Paul and Neolita are like hitting a stride. You know, like the challenge is like, uh, you know, maybe it's coming off the wind from last week, but like, you know, they just they're they, they're getting these like nice little tidbits of feedback that then just enhance their model a little bit. They're not fixing like a major structural change, you know? And so, you know, I'm curious, you know, from your perspectives, like, is, I feel like, is this when the game gets fun? You know, like when, when the judges are like, Hey, you're doing great, but could you just add a little more detail? (laughs) It's, they are such a great team to watch. I feel they, they seem to be taking every challenge in stride and being like, oh yeah, let's show what we can do. I'm kind of like, I hate them because they make it look easy. <laughs> so I don't know, like the telescope one, I was like, what? That is phenomenal. And then the bag, I mean, the bag itself came together really, really seamlessly. I, I'm trying to sit here looking at the picture going, how did he do this? Or how did she do this? I know. And those teeth, I mean, like Jamie said, that, that was so great. I'm like amazed at how well that worked with the little skeleton piece as the zipper pull. And I can yeah. see that being a technique that everybody watching the show is now going to go home and use and be like, I'm going to make a zipper like they did. Totally. So well, and then, you know, uh, speaking of people, you know, having some fun, you know, I also liked Emily and Kelly, you know, they wanted to, you know, this was sort of, I think in their wheelhouse, this fashion challenge and Kelly even had some modeling experience, but it was 
eons ago. Um, you know, it was catalog ads. She was never a very good model. Um, but then they show these photos and she looks great. Um, you know, Justin, it sort of reminds me of a certain calendar photo shoot from uh, a certain firefighter on your season. But, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, how do they dig up these old photos? I, you know, I feel like these, you know, these are those embarrassing maybe photos. And listen, Kelly has nothing to be embarrassed about. Those photos were were so amazing. But I feel like, you know, th- th- this is those little behind the scenes things that I love to see. What did you think? Um, I thought I thought they had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I'm glad that they did bring up some of those those photos after she referred to her her quote, eons ago modeling days. Um, she did a great job and that, that was really fun. I, I, they do love to call your family and ask if there's anything that can support uh, some of those <laughs> pictures. And, you know, as you know, Stephen, Stephen Yeo had uh, had the calendar in the past. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, it was quite funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think that uh, they they had a lot of fun with this challenge as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know Emily from prior to the show, but I know Kelly and she's she's a fantastic builder. Um, and she's usually very, very detailed in every single one of her builds. I think she probably spends hundreds and hundreds of hours on a lot of different things. And, you know, um, you get a lot of te- technique out of that. And I think that they really had a goal with their bag in the very beginning of this. Um, they had a color scheme that they were mapped out with, you know, even from the very beginning, they talked about, you know, fashion over function. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that they, they did an excellent job with that and had a lot of fun with the modeling, um, to briefly get back to, to Paul and Nalita, they, they, they did a van, they did a fantastic job. The shape of that bag is perfect. Um, I, I, it looks like one of those oversized, large fashion bags. Um, I was a little surprised that they picked dark gray. I was almost like, I was actually very shocked that they picked dark gray. Um, it, it was a risk. I think it was a very bold yeah. move and it worked for them. Um, uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked for them. Uh, the I zipper know. obviously was fantastic, but, um, I, I also could have seen that going a very different direction if something hadn't come together. Right. Um, as far as that, that color choice goes, um, I will say this, I think those two probably could build anything realistically. Um, you know, the last two challenges have been realism challenges. And I think that they're doing a very good job at that. And these, these two challenges definitely speak to their strengths. Yeah. I was gonna say, I also love how they put dogs in the bag. How she was like, and I thought I would bring my dog on the slope. And then they had two stuffed dogs in the bag. <laughs> I'm like, which intern had to run and go find stuffed dogs to put in that bag? Because that was perfection. I'm like, because that also gave them that little bit of an edge because no other team was like, oh, my bag is specifically for this. I mean, yes, Lewis and Alex had like the beach bag or whatever, but for them to be like, well, yeah, I mean, what high fashion woman doesn't want to carry her miniature poodle schnauzer thing with them? You know, it was great. Yeah. Well, that's a great transition to the judging. And before the judging, we had this unbelievable photo shoot. Um, Will even calls it out. It's going to be a fashion montage of sorts. And um, we saw a lot of hilarious moments in here. Um, Of course, you know, whenever there's any hilarity, they have to cut to Christopher. He says, the key to a good photo shoot is obviously having me in it. And we hear a producer's voice, which we don't normally hear on the show, um, asking, do you have a good side? And Christopher says, here's the thing. Every side is my good side. (laughs) And uh, clearly Robert spent a lot of time with Christopher because he goes, what a predictable answer. But this was definitely a funny sequence. Um, You know, Will was having, you know, his his classic shenanigan fun. Um, He was saying, you know, when I say make it snow, I mean, make it snow. And he's throwing snow and it gets in Neilita's eye. 
Um, you know, there is all sorts of, of shenanigans, but you know, Justin, what stood out to you from the photo shoot here? I feel like it would have been really hard to focus with Will being Will. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think at one point he's throwing the, he's throwing the beach balls and saying, we need more balls in there. And like, <laughs> I just was laughing. I thought it was hysterical. Um, you know, that, that would have been hard to focus for sure, but I thought that they did come up with some really good shots and those guys all looked very comfortable in front of a camera, much more than I think I would have, uh, I, I would have felt. I thought like Nalita had some great photos, Kelly, obviously had some great photos. I mean, they were just, they were, it was fun. It looked like a really fun time for everybody to let loose a little bit after being kind of under the gun with, with the time requirement for, you know, six episodes so far. So I was really happy to see that them, uh, them having a little more fun. Yeah. And I think from the similar challenges that we've gotten in previous seasons, like I think about the hat challenge, um, you know, they had to like precariously walk with it on their head, you know, with the dog challenge, you had to precariously walk with it down an aisle. This is what sort of feels like the first one where they could just have fun with it in a way um, where like to your point, the pressure could could be off. You know, it, 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 everyone's trying to just have a good time, take some funny photos. Um, you know, we I, I like this comment that Will said to Christopher and Robin or Robin, Christopher and Robert. <laughs> he says, Pretend that you've lived before, that you like being on this planet. I feel like that that's the motivation that would get, you know, get me to take the best photos possible. But, you know, Liz, do you feel like, you know, with this sort of like infectious energy on set that that would have helped you in the competition, even just to have this respite? Okay, I feel like that must have been the highlight of that episode because you <laughs> could see, you could physically see everyone's relief and just having fun with the camera and posing. And if Will is there throwing balls at you and telling <laughs> jokes, I can guarantee you half his jokes did not make the air because <laughs> Will is hysterical and not always PG. So I could only imagine what else was going on back there because it. I wanted to be there. It looked like so much fun. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, and we got the you know the whole scene with Alex and his robe and can we do this? It's a family show. Um, and uh, that was sort of my question too. But listen, Alex, you know, l let your flag fly. You know, have have fun. You know, like I mean, I really think he had just been. I think this is maybe why he auditioned. You know, in in a weird way, I think he was going to make this happen one way or another. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> want to be on tv in a bathing suit i loved jamie's commentary where he just goes yeah i mean in this photo i just i just can't take my eyes off the bag i thought it was hilarious <laughs> like, oh my god it's so good <laughs> exactly I love that jamie got in the confessional so was this the first time that we've seen jamie in the trailer mm, because we've seen amy in there and i know we've I, seen will but i was like they have Jamie talking by himself. This is amazing. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Listen, never enough Jamie. Um, but speaking of Jamie and the judges, why don't we jump into the judging? We're going to go in the same order that the show did. So to kick things off, we've got Christopher and Robert with their fall leaf handbag. And we got another like classic Christopher, you know, introduction, you know, his sort of like theatricality that, that he's been, you know, known for. He says, Elegance, sophistication, class, introducing the leaf, the perfect bag for fall. This bag is capacious, but not ludicrously so. It's the kind of bag you it's not the kind of bag you would slide across the floor in a bank heist or stuff hors d'oeuvres into at a dinner party to take free food, because those are low class. You see, our bag is the perfect size for high society events, gala dinners, par uh, parties, hostile company takeovers, all the events that I'm sure we're all used to. <laughs> And this bag, uh, and this bag, everyone is falling for it. And, you know, of course, it's this sort of theatricality in the presentations that I think Christopher is really known for. Um, but 
you know, Justin, when, when you see another one of these, you know, Christopher intros, you know, do you get excited? Are you surprised anymore when you hear, you know, the the S, you know, SAT vocabulary like capacious come out of his mouth? I thought it was hilarious. I, I loved it. I <laughs> thought it was a wonderful presentation. And I really liked how um, he basically just flipped a switch and turned it off to talk about his family. It was it was really, uh, I think, a good thing for a lot of people to see. Um because, you know, in, the first, in a few episodes, he really does seem like a villain. He's portrayed that way, the the, the way that it, things are edited. He's portrayed as a villain. And, you know, having having known some of the people on the show and talked with them, like, that, he, he's, a, he's a fun guy. He's a good friend <laughs> to a lot of them. And so he's not really like that. And so it was good to see that sort of hard, uh, this is an act sort of transition. Um, so it was great uh, and fun to watch. Um, I will say getting close-ups of that bag was incredible. Um, <laughs> I really loved the details that they had in there, uh, especially on that logo. Um, there's some there's some minifig legs that are taken off of the, the connection point to the torso that were used very well. He had the binoculars that Jamie mentioned. There's some, some tails that are embossed with some gold printing on there that look fantastic. I mean, they, they, they did a great job with this. The, the leaf pattern, I, it looks like a fashion uh, logo kind of uh, uh, pattern that's going all along the side of the bag. I mean, this, this, this one was just, this is one of my favorite builds from the, from the entire season so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, this is one of those bags that like, you know, there, there was a lot of unique detail to make it feel at least high fashion. You know, I think like a lot of the bags were colorful, which often feels maybe more Lego, but I think there was some unique details here that made it feel high fashion. What did you think, Liz? I love this bag. I want it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I could see this at the Lego house. I could see this being like a display piece. I could see coach buying a version of this and making a real <laughs> one in, in the same style. I could see, you know, cause it's got that feeling. It has the sophistication that some of the other ones might not have. And like the editing, as Justin said before, the editing down, I think they edited it perfectly. And I am blown away. I, I just keep staring at it. I'm like zooming in on it going, wow, wow. Like you said, the nice parts usage. And then how did they get the, they used the tile on top of it to get the depth of the same color. So it's still interesting, but it's not too busy. I mean, just so many great things going on with this. And maybe, maybe yeah. I just imagined this, but uh, the, it, what added to the real factor for me was when he unhooked it and it opened, it sounded like a click from a clutch from a, an actual bag, um, which I thought just really sold it at, at, um, completely. It was just a really wonderful model. Functional. They could pose with it any different way. They, I think they even held it by the handle at one point, which is mind-blowing because, <laughs> like we know, Lego is not that strong. So... <laughs> It's just, it's so great. And the fact that it opened and closed the way it did, again, just adds to that wow factor that they did that in only, what what was it, eight hours? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's really refined. You know, there's like the nice um, edging on the outside of the maple leaf in, the, in that kind of yellowish color. Um, you know, there's just a lot of like those unique parts usage, like the little, um, there's like a, a flame yellow orange, like leaf piece that's above and below their little like uh, clasp crest thing on the front. And like you mentioned, Liz, like they've got the dark red on dark red, um, you know, the same color, but it creates texture, which is like another one of those things that makes it maybe feel more like a bag and less like a Lego model. It, it and so, yeah, like leather. it really does. It looks like it could be a leather handbag. Like I can tell, I'm telling you, like some brand could totally make that bag for real. <laughs> I, I Listen, I would love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really fun. And the only thing I else I wanted to like sort of sit on, like you were mentioning, Justin, is that, you know, he let the character down for a second. He literally says, if I can stop and break character for a moment, I'll stop being the villain for a second is what he says. 
And it makes you wonder like how this must have felt for Christopher in the moment, because I feel like, you know, that, you know, oftentimes when you're cast on the show, you're meant to be sort of your persona. And we've seen them be, you know, both, you know, villains or even just like these, um, you know, uh, startup pitch bros or whatever it is like they've been putting on this character one way or another, you could argue the entire season. And so to get to be like his genuine, authentic self, it was very touching to see at home, especially because I know him. And to your point, Justin, he is a very nice guy. But I think I think it was also maybe like important for Chris. Like, I think Chris needed this in a weird way, especially this far into the competition when, you know, having to be on, having to be on for the cameras, for the show, for the judges, for the presentations. Like, I wonder if this really meant something to Chris in that moment. Liz, I see you nodding your head. What did you think? So I same thing. I talked to him and and he he was cracking up. He's like, I had no idea. He goes, I thought that we were just doing that shtick, the, you know, the pitch boys stick with will and then those are the only clips that they just kept showing (laughs) so he was just like i have to tell people like that's not really who i am he goes that was an act for the tv show and that's (laughs) just kind of what they kept showing so i'm really glad for him that they did show him being his true authentic self there because i think he needed that (laughs) and i think the the show is doing good by you know showing him who he really is Yeah. And we even see Will at the end of the judging say, and I've got to say on a serious note, it was nice, Christopher, to finally meet you today here. So, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I I almost feel like this was like an important moment from a storytelling standpoint. And I am curious if it will be a pivotal moment. I think, you know, we, you know, we, we see a little villainy in the next episode, but I am curious, you know, if maybe this will allow us to see more of Christopher and Robert moving forward. But Again, an exceptional build to kick us off here uh, in the Brick Chic Challenge. But why don't we move on then to Allison and Melanie? Theirs was the summer beach bag. Um, you know, they're, they come from the California, you know, they, they, this is the perfect bag for daytime and nighttime because on one side there's a sunset and with bright colors and one is a, is a sunrise. So they really have a lot of um, those unique details. And Melanie goes on to say the handle also comes off because there's wheels and you can actually pull it along. Um, well, why don't we kick this one off then? Uh, with you, Liz, what did you think about Allison and Melanie's summer beach bag? I felt for them looking at this one. I mean, I'm glad they got something done. I mean, the colors are great. They pulled it off with the photo shoot. I mean, that was an awesome photo with her holding it up <laughs> over her head. And like, that was great. But as for the overall bag part of it, I didn't really see it as a bag. I mean, I saw it like, okay, when you're pulling it, it's kind of like a beach cart or a wagon. But as far as a bag, I mean, I had to agree with the judges on that. It was, yeah. I felt bad for them. because you know, I know. And it, and it opens up at the top, like a cooler. <laughs> I mean, like, like it almost, I was like, it, yeah. I know. And it's and it's so sad because, you know, like uh, Amy specifically said, like, don't make it like a cooler. Part of me is like, I would have left the wheels off, you know, like the wheels almost make it more like a cooler than not. Um, And, you know, I I, when and my wife and I were watching it together and she said it looks sort of like a semi truck, like without the cab, you know, like, you know, where the sunset is sort of like the design on the side of the semi truck. And I was like, shoot, you're kind of right here. I mean, to your point, Liz, it was a gorgeous design in terms of the colors they chose and all that sort of stuff. But the form really needed to sell high fashion handbag. And, you know, I'm not sure it comes together in that way. But Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I think that watching them build their initial structure, um, which was very box like, um, 
was sort of uh, one of those things that maybe had they planned out a little differently from the beginning, um, they would have had a better organic shape. Um, you know, it was tough because I think they spent a lot of time on that internal structure part. And then, you know, they're, they're, there's three hours left and they have to they have to start over again. And so I really felt for them. Um, I think this is also probably that point in the competition where idea fatigue is starting to set in a little bit. You've sure. been asked to be on for so long. There's lots and lots of hours that are spent in that brick pit and on camera now at this point. And so I think that when when you're hitting that point, that even just a little bit of frustration, even just a little bit of starting to hit that idea, that idea fatigue wall um, can really be difficult. Um, you know, and I, I would agree. I, I think it did look like like a cooler. Um, you know, uh, they just I'm glad they got something finished. Um, but but I, I I knew that once we saw that what was out there, they were probably not going to be uh, not not going to be getting out of getting out of this without being in the bottom two. Um, you know, um, I thought their color scheme was great um, and they did what they could with it. But. But yeah, I think once once Amy said cooler, I'm pretty sure that's all audience was thinking um, and what 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 our viewers were thinking as well. And so that was that was a little bit tough for them. I felt for them. Yeah. You know, Amy makes an, a really good point, And it, it's something I had thought about, too, which she says, you know, the bag is quite square, you know, and because you didn't have time to give it any curvature. But she says to just do anything to break up the square. And I kept thinking about that. I was like, you know, could they have used, you know, they, they were they, their build was like plates out. And so could they have just used those like curved, you know, plates to create like a scalloped edge or even like angled plates and make it all spiky just for the sake of making it spiky so that it didn't look just like a box. You know, I guess like, you know, knowing what we know about how it turned out, you know, Liz, was there something that they could have done to to maybe at least get them an inch closer to where they wanted to be? Well, and like you said, when they started breaking it down and is there something they could do? My immediate thought was, OK, leave one side, make it thinner add something around the sides to give it that like less boxy shape like like you said take some curved plates take something put it out the edge but then i was thinking okay is there a requirement that it has to be a certain width or whatever but sure. at the same time like just make it smaller make it more narrow make it more bag make it more like a clutch so you can hold it under your side it can still be that big it can still be a beach bag i mean beach bags are huge sure. it you know something like that but again exactly what justin said fatigue now you have to imagine these girls are friends. They've been each other. They've known each other for a while, but you are spending all day, every day <laughs> with this person. So, I mean, their ideas could have been clashing. They could have had like, you know, running out of ideas. They could have had disagreements that we didn't see. There, there could have been a lot going on with this build that unfortunately that's where they ended. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really easy to, to Monday morning quarterback it a little bit. Um, sure. You know, I think that maybe what they could have done is um, maybe made it like taller and, and thinner as, as Liz was kind of saying, and then use some, some shapes on the, on the side to soften the, soften the squaring of it on the, on the corners. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to know where, where they were at in the show, what kind of, what the pressure was kind of like, how they're feeling, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So um, overall, you know, you got to think, Hey, they made it to episode seven. That's pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we don't know what the parameters were. We don't know what was going on at the time. So it's like, yeah, we could all say, oh, they could have done this. They could have done this. But you're not there. We don't know for real. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't know. But I mean, th that's what the podcast is about. I'm supposed to tell them what they should have done. I'm supposed to Monday morning quarterback at <laughs> Justin. OK, um, don't put me out of a job here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but why don't we move on to Lewis and Alex? Their summer Mi Miami beach bag. Um, you know, in, it was interesting because in their description to the judges, we hear Lewis say, you know, we're really happy with the design. We just wish the structure was a little stronger, but we're pretty happy with the outcome. And it was interesting sort of to, I appreciated the humility 
in them sort of admitting what was obvious. But at the same time, I don't know, should you like, you know, neg your own build before you go to the judges? I feel like, isn't that like a cardinal rule in these kind of shows? Like you got to go in with the confidence as if you meant to do everything and it's perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, Justin, what did you think about Lewis and Alex's bag? Um, I, you know, I, I loved their color scheme. I loved their basic idea. I think they ran short on time a little bit as far as the structure goes. Um, but I think it could have been, had they, had they been a little bit more structurally strong with that strap, they could have had a really cool photo shoot walking on the beach with it hanging and it would have looked like a beach tote and it would have been great. It would have looked like a fashionable beach tote and it would have been fantastic. Um, to your point about, uh, maybe nigging your own build, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, watching, uh, ha- watching how this thing plays out after being on the show and then seeing how things are edited later, d- d- don't give those producers anything negative about your build ever, <laughs> never say anything negative about it. You are confident. You did your best. You're really happy with what it is. I mean, that's, that's just gotta be the golden rule for any future contestants. It's really hard to think about that in the moment because there are 30 cameras on all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I thought the, I thought the, did a good job. I thought they incorporated some some Miami culture into their build, um, and I think they just ran out of a ran out of time a little bit to make it structurally sound. Yeah, I mean, to your point, there was a lot of great details. Like you know, the colors were really strong. Amy mentions the color blocking that they did in the design was really nice. And on, and you know, similar to what we were talking about with Christopher and Robert's build, they had a lot of that like same color on color details. Like I think the pink had some like striping with tiles. You know, the green had some other texture, and it really gave it that fabricy feel. So like. A lot of the pieces were really like here, I, I was about to say, but they didn't come together. And literally that's what Lego is, is pieces coming together. But Liz, what did you think? I know Lewis and and to see him talk negatively about that, Lewis is probably feeling like we all feel when we don't do our best. It was probably like, a, like I could have done better. Or this Like he was probably just disappointed a little bit. Sure. So I mean, I get it. I've been up there like, wow, I like, so Jamie actually called me on it once where I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just covering this part. And then Jamie came out and was like, you know, that's a real missed opportunity there that you just didn't really seem to know what you were doing. And you just covered that part. And I was like, yep, they heard me. So, so yeah, <laughs> learn um, but I mean, I love the colors. I love the sale idea. It does look like a beach bag. And I wish I knew more about what the technique he was, because I don't know, Justin, can you tell what the technique was that he made it? Because it looked like panels kept popping off in places and it was it was kind of like hinge clipped together. I couldn't really pick like figure it out looked how like it I, I it looked like they had a lot of ball and socket joints and that's what was supposed to be holding it together. But I could not see where they were trying to link it up to the uh, oh, whatever that that uh, conveyor belt piece is. That's that looked like to, to be their strap. So I, I couldn't tell um, they didn't have any close ups of it. Um, the close ups I did see, I thought they were textured very well for the big panels, but I couldn't see where it was connected. And it, it moved like it was fabric, too. Like I was really impressed. Like that's. I guess that's why I was falling apart is because it was moving. (laughs) So, but I mean, it was still really cool. Yeah. And, you know, we did see a Lego fabric in the Hats Incredible Challenge with Moto and Paris. And that that lack of structural integrity was was their ultimate downfall. So I don't know if I would have been uh, immediately seeking a Lego fabric. I think I would have like tried to make something incredibly rigid, but look nice, you know, look fabric-y. But no, I mean, listen, I appreciate all the energy that this team gave because they were sort of like, um, you know, Lewis has this line where he's like, um, you know, I don't know if it's going to, you know, he says, Alex is going to shine so bright in the photo shoot that it's going to distract from all the flaws in our bag. And I appreciate, though, you know, like that sort of energy, because like, you know, like, you know, we're here, we might as well go big. Um, And so I did appreciate that from the from these two. Um, But yeah, but it was tough to see them struggle after doing so well for so many challenges. That's exactly it. And and 
they were doing amazing and amazing and amazing. They were top two. And then I'm just like, oh, man, it was breaking my heart because I know that with more time, it could have been so good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we move on to Emily and Kelly with their spring asymmetrical handbag? Um, we had another fun one from them. Uh, this brick chic design is for spring 2024. It is vegan custom leather color woven into a 24 karat top stitch with with a braided detail and a little clasp to come over with a pop of color. And I was like, OK, these are people who actually know handbags because only half of this you know, meant something to me. But I was very impressed with the sort of the uh, like the real uh, fabric knowledge and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they did say that this is, you know, really trying to be high fashion avant garde, which Kelly says is less about function and more about wearable art. Um, but Liz, why don't we start with you on this one? What did you think about this build? From the get go, I love, love, love how they made it look like woven because that's. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what I would have done is you take the curved bricks and if you over one way and onto the other way, you can get like a woven pattern. And that, I mean, that color looks so good. Um, yeah, love, love, love the technique. Love the bag that it came out. I like the the pink, I get it. I mean, I would have liked to see more pink, maybe pink in between the weaving, but that's just me being picky. I mean, everyone's got their <laughs> taste. But I, I love this bag. I love the idea of it. And I, I kind of feel bad for them. They pointed out that their hinge edges weren't covered up appropriately or whatever. That was just like, that's being really nitpicky because this looks so good, but I get it. They have to do something negative. <laughs> well, and I think it's like, you know, we talk about it sometimes on the podcast. It's like, if they could have done that, it would have been that much better. You know, it's not like it, that was like a deal breaker, but that's what it would have taken it to like the cleanest, you know, top of the top two or whatever it might be. I get, I'm actually surprised because knowing Kelly and how clean Kelly is the cleanest builder I've ever seen. She is meticulous about her building. <laughs> so seeing that, I was just like, that must have been a time thing, honestly, because I, yeah, I think that was a time. Yeah, certainly could have been. Um, and this was also interesting. I had in my notes that like that cutoff corner that they have, it does, you know, sort of break up the box design. You know, we talked about how do you sort of break up the box when it comes to um, Allison and Melanie's build? Well, just literally lobbing off a corner technically breaks the box. Um, but I, you know, I wasn't sure that that was like, um, like a part of me wondered if it would have looked nice actually as a wide bag with two lobbed off corners and would have kind of, it would have been symmetrical then, but it maybe would have looked more handbaggy. Cause my only thought was that this also sort of reminded me of those things you put like on an office shelf to put like your files in. Um, if you can picture it, you know, it's like that plastic shell. <laughs> it's the file pocket hanger. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It sort of had that vibe as well. Um, But listen, you know, art comes in many forms. Uh, But Justin, what did you think? Uh, I thought their their color scheme was great. Um, As Liz mentioned, as far as the the sand green curves that they use alternating created a very good illusion for for quilted fabric. So did the uh, the the gold one by twos that they used with that, you know, that look like look like strips of uh, threading basically through it. Um, You know, I think that the uh, uh, the hinges. Yeah, that's a little bit of a tough, tough critique. that being said, uh, I think if they had, had done something a little bit to, to cover that up, this is a top two build. Um, I really do. Um, uh, I think that, you know, they, they knew what they were going for as far as uh, it being asymmetric. They talked about that as being part of their plan. 
um, from the beginning. And so, you know, uh, that, that was their vision. I, I like that they, they made it happen. Um, I'm a little bit more on the side with you in that I think it helped, it loses the illusion of a handbag just a little bit, but, um, but that's sort of what they were going for anyway. So, it, you know, I'm not gonna, I can't be a critic for that at all. I thought, I thought they executed it quite well. Um, and it was, it was overall a really good, really good build. Um, I think, uh, time was probably the thing that, that stopped them from covering up those hinges, but that's just being a, a nitpicky. Yeah. Well, and they also had that great tag with the branding, you know, creating that branding that Jamie called out, which I really loved. Um, the only other thing that I, I thought was a little silly was those straps were like those thin, like, um, like, I don't know, like the Spider-Man web piece. And I was like, that wouldn't hold up if it was made out of real leather, you know, like it was just, it was just too thin. And I wonder to your point, maybe that was a timing thing. They had a, probably a beautiful idea to build a brick built strap and they ran out of, who knows, or they couldn't figure out the connection. I mean, it, it, a lot of things, you know, probably could have explained that, but part of me was like, there's no way they could hold it. It was a challenge requirement. It was like, oh, right. We got to fill that requirement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know. Yeah. They, they, unfortunately, this wasn't like make your cutest clutch, you know, which is maybe the purse that everyone would have liked to actually take out on the town out of all these. But no, a really nice showing from Emily and Kelly. It does feel like they're also sort of like heating up here in the competition. I, w I was a little surprised that they were one of the few teams to actually have a brand uh, logo kind of thing. I would have thought that that would have been more common. Um but, um, you know, I guess we, we, we didn't see that with all the other, a lot of the other teams. So I was a little yeah, surprised. Them and um, Christopher and Robert, right? Mm -hmm. Those are yeah, the only two that I can High-end bags always have a tag or a logo. So, yeah. Well, one other team that actually had it was Nina and Sam. So why don't we transition to them with their spring messenger bag? And their uh, tag was actually on the clasp, that rounded clasp in it. You can actually see the initials um, N and S. And there's like some little pink detail on either side of the of the initials. So, yeah, they were able to sneak in a little bit of branding here. But why don't we uh, kick things off with you, Justin? What did you think about Nina and Sam's final build? So in in general, I'm not a huge fan of, of brick pending sometimes. Um, I think that it, it exposes that it's made out of Lego. But in this case, I thought they executed this messenger bag incredibly well. It has the sort of sag that you would expect with a messenger bag where it sags a little bit. And that was very intentional, I can tell, um, with how they did that. Um, I thought the way that they had the sides of the bag uh, was it, that's very difficult to do when you have brick bending involved to make them line up. And so I thought that was done incredibly well. Um, you know, they uh, it looked it looked like an organic leather bag as far as the way that it was hanging and, and seated and that sort of thing, which you know, that's really hard to do. Um, you know, they, they pick some great colors as well. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of medium misery and pink. It reminds me of my Billy, the squid build from <laughs> season three, quite a bit. I love that color. It's one of my favorite colors. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a, a really well executed build, uh, builds. And, you know, I, I loved that his mom got to model the bag as well. I thought she did an excellent job with their, with their fashion, fashion shoot as well. I love, I love that. Yes. And Nina, Nina looked fierce in the photo shoot. So we love that for her. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, they use like a pretty common technique to create the, you know, curvature. We see it a lot, you know, with towers and castles and other things we've seen even in the past seasons, but to use it in this way, sort of on the vertical instead of, you know, horizontally was very unique. And I really did enjoy how it sort of created a texture to the bag. You know, it almost made it look more like fabric and you almost saw because it was on its side and maybe the way that they did it, these like chevrons, you know, these like sort of like pointed diagonal uh, chevrons going through the fabric. And I thought that that sort of sold it in a way that when I first saw him doing it, I was like, oh, he's doing the classic thing with the one by twos and the one by one rounds. I was like, oh, I'm sure Jamie won't be as impressed. But when you see it at that scale and when it comes together with the striping, 
that's intentionality that takes time and really came together. But Liz, what did you think? Uh, exactly what you were just saying. I was going to say the amount of planning that went into this brick bending is staggering because Aaron and I brick bent our ukulele, the very first build, and we just striped it because you, you would have to count. You would have to like <laughs> line up the two purple spots and the purple spots here and to line up this section. He didn't just stripe it. He striped it with patchwork in between. And then to make that stable is very difficult. Making that kind of brick bend hold together and move. I am blown away that it did not fall apart. Um, I love the sides, the pockets on the sides. I, I still want to know how they did that. I'm like, how did he connect the sides? I couldn't tell from the pictures. Yeah. I want to go into that closer. I will say I am not a fan of the strap at all. I wish yeah. that the strap was just double wide, just double wide, stripe it. It looks like a skateboard messenger bag. My 13-year-old self sees this in like a Delia's magazine and you guys <laughs> have no idea what that is. But I'm like, this screams like middle school skater girl, like this, give me a pair of Vans and this messenger bag and I'm good to go. I love it. Um, I'm blown away that it stayed together as well as it did. And I mean, it's it's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, when I was looking at this strap, I said out loud, that looks really uncomfortable. And then seconds later, Jamie goes, that looks really uncomfortable. And I was like, Jamie, we get each other. But no, I, I think that, that the strap for a lot of the teams, I feel like they thought was like another easy way to add tons of detail. Like Lewis and Alex's strap was like white and, and medium azure, like white and medium. Like they were adding all this like busyness. And sometimes I feel like let the bag shine, let the strap be simple. If this was all white or if it was um, white with like just a little bit of one of the of the five colors that they had, that would have been that like extra bit of class that details like their class with the buckle, like that beautiful white flower, those were those clean details that they knew they needed because there was enough color on the bag. It's like if you wear a busy shirt, you got to wear clean, you know, pants, you know, and vice versa. You, you can't have too much busyness. And I feel like this took it from like really just like spot on to like, ah, that, that one thing would have put it above the edge. Well, the other thing about it being the messenger bag, the color scheme itself and everything, it doesn't feel high end. So hmm. what do you think? Like, like, I feel like middle school girl, I wouldn't. <laughs> No, I don't think I don't think like classy high end fashion week with this bag. Honestly, this does. I mean, I have seen expensive messenger bags. I'm sure we have. But sure. this just screams fun and, and it's a really great fun bag. But as far as high fashion, not really sure. <laughs> being very picky because you said we're going to be Monday night quarterbacks. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because like I definitely have I feel like I remember growing up like seeing people with the Kate Spade purse with vertical stripes like this in bright colors. So I feel like it is high fashion, but it's not the high fashion I like, you know, so maybe it's it's more like a taste versus accuracy thing. Um, but no, I mean, I think when you're when you're playing with Lego and you have Amy as a judge, I don't I don't think she counted anyone's bold color choices out. So it was probably safe, whereas I would have been like it would have been all black because, you know, everyone wants their little black dress. So you need a little black purse. You know, like I would have probably inherently wanted to go that direction and had to remind black myself good on TV. Black, yeah. black doesn't fit on TV. Exactly. Like there there also there also may have been a technical uh requirement also about not doing something like all black or something like that as well, which we don't know about because I was surprised that none of the teams had that had that color at all. And you know, that's a very fashion forward color is the little the little black clutch or the little black, you know, the, the all black bag with some gold embossing, whatever it might be. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I would like to know from from the other teams what 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 they were told. Like I should message someone right now and be like, hey. <laughs> um, well, let's move on to our final build with Paul and Nalita. This was the winter duffel bag. Like we talked about, it was a very fun photo shoot. And, um, you know, uh, I love just Nalita. I feel like in this description, she was just having so much fun. She said, you know, due to the fact that it's so big, you're always going to be wondering what's inside it. For me personally, I love big bags and I also love that you have like two dogs. So I thought, yeah, we, uh, to do a big bag to match, but my big pers- uh, to match my big personality and a big bag enough to fit dogs. If we could, you know, like she was just like, she was just, she couldn't even like contain herself. And that is the, that is the passion and the energy that I love, especially from Nilita. But like, that's what I love to see in this competition to begin with. Um, but, uh, you know, Liz, starting us off here, what did you think about Paul and Nilita's bag? Um, I was again, surprised at the color, like Justin said, the, the gray, I was like, wow, the gray, but then with winter, yes, the white and the blue will definitely pop out against that gray to show that winter side of it. But again, my favorite thing was them putting the two stuffed dogs in it and showing that it can hold the dogs and the photo shoot. It looked amazing. I wasn't sure how well this bag would photograph being as it is so big and it does look blocky and but it worked and it looked phenomenal. I'm not going to lie. I think that her photo was my favorite. Like her photo with the bag was probably my favorite out of the photo. Yeah. Well, Jamie said, Nilita, the camera loves you. And Nilita said, yes, and I love the camera. So uh, this was definitely like a strong suit for them. But yeah, I think. This one did photograph really well, but it also pointed out to me what I was wondering, which is how did those straps really work in the real world? Because they went essentially from side to side instead of uh, like being a hoop on each side for you to grab to hold it closed. And to see her like have her arm sort of like slipped in with it dangling uh, you know, down the bottom of her arm. I was like, hmm, this is like a maybe this is sort of what makes it high fashion because it seems like it would be strange to use. Um, but Justin, what did you think? Um, you know, I, I think that they, they did a really good job as far as, um, you know, when I think of like a winter kind of bag, you're talking, I'm thinking ski trips, I'm thinking going to the mountains. That's, that's a lot of clothes. That's big jackets. That's big, you know, the big hats, big, big pants, all that kind of stuff. And so I I do think duffel. And so I thought that just in general for a winter bag, something large like this was a, was a very good call, very good choice. Um, you know, the, the dark gray worked for them. I I wouldn't have picked dark gray, but that worked for them very well. And it was bold. And I thought it, I thought it shot very well. Their, uh, their details, the luggage tag was awesome. That luggage tag looks like an actual luggage tag. It does not look like Lego. The zipper was great. Um, I probably would have left off the little skeleton head, but you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, but I will say that they looked very relaxed this episode. I would agree that they are hitting their stride, um, quite nicely in, in terms of the competition because they, they didn't seem stressed. They seemed like they were both having a lot of fun with this. Um, I do want to know what the internal structure of this looks like. Um, I, I'm I'm very curious as to know what the internal structure of this looks like because it looked like it was pretty strong. I just I don't know how they did it, and I'd like to see how that was done. Kind um, of looks like a doctor bag, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> I you know I I really I I was thinking this is a great duffel. It looked like a wonderful duffel, um, and it was probably much stronger than our than our spaceship. So um, <laughs> it know, looks. But, like- expensive it looks expensive mm-hmm. too like yeah yep. this is something that some celebrity would buy and bring on their like swanky ski trip to the it, Alps or whatever it, it screamed like a nice Louis Vuitton bag for traveling to me and that's that's what I saw with it and that I thought they executed it very well yep the yeah simple elegance. and I didn't even think of the straps but until you pointed it out I was like all oh, right that is kind of an awkward way to carry a bag <laughs> <laughs> um but it also created like a unique 
um, like silhouette for the bag, you know, where the two straps come up vertically and it's actually lower in the middle compared to how high it is on the sides. And that's where that blue kind of, um, you know, flap comes over, which I think really gave it sort of a little bit of that high end vibe where it's not your standard duffel. It's your duffel with a high end detail, that luxury detail, perhaps that um, Amy was mentioning at the top. But yeah, I mean, this one definitely did come together and they they took the things that worked well from them for them last challenge, which was getting away from studs to make it look more real, to make it look more high end. And I think it worked really well for them. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, Amy sort of gave them a fairly cutting remark like two episodes ago where she was like, we've, we haven't seen, you know, good, or actually this last episode, she goes, I'm, I'm glad you're focusing on the details because we haven't seen that from you. And to see them crush last episode and then do great detail work this episode with great parts usage and, and just unique shaping the way that that bag came together in that unique shape, like, uh, you know, She's making Amy eat or Paul and Neil are making Amy eat her words, you know, that they don't know how to do detail. And uh, listen, I, don't, I think the person who's probably most excited about that is Amy. Amy wants everyone to do well. And so she's probably very excited um, to see them sort of like really hitting a stride here. But of course, we then have to move on to the results of this challenge. And, you know, we, we start with our top two. In the top two, we had Paul and Neilita, just like we were just talking about, and Christopher and Robert. For Paul and Neilita, Jamie said, the first thing everyone was talking about was that cover photo. You were stunning, but I have to say your bag was equally exciting. This was a bold bag with beautiful curvature, complex geometries that you really just patched perfectly, which allowed you to add those details, like that stunning zipper on the front that just made us smile. And for Christopher and Robert, Amy said, you really gave us an it-worthy bag that made a statement. We loved your bold shape. You had a luxurious, or you had luxurious fall colors, and you had gorgeous details in there. Let's not forget that cover photo. It was really something epic. And we didn't talk about it, but it was really like the two of them were in that. You know, they uh, neither of them wanted to miss the chance to be the model, which I did appreciate. Um, but ultimately, our winner here is Christopher and Robert. So, Justin, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, did the judges get it right this time? And if so, what do you think set Christopher and Robert's build above Paul and Neolita's build? So I thought that this this uh, judging uh, kind of session was very similar to our dog show session where, yeah, we had a top three, but it was sort of a race for second place in this in this uh, episode. I thought that Chris and Roberts was just outlandishly good. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like comparing it to like Brendan and Greg, so like their dog was just flawless, you know, um, in that dog show episode. It really was, it felt like a race for second place more than anything else. Um, you know, Sam and Nalita's, uh, sorry, Sam and, Sam and Nina's build was great. Uh, Paul and Nalita's build was fantastic as well. I thought those were my sort of top three for this episode. Mm -hmm. um, but but really what set Chris and Roberts apart was, I mean, it, it looked elegant and it looked like a bag. It did not look like Lego. And it was just it was just fantastic. They had everything from color, from form. They had an organic shape. It looked solid from a structural standpoint. It opened very nicely. I mean, this was just a wonderful model. And I, I really liked I enjoyed this this build quite a lot. I thought it was a clear winner. Yeah. Well, and I think to your point, like it made a bold choice, like having the shape of the leaf is at least more avant garde than probably anything we saw in this challenge. And, and I think maybe that's what helped it stand out above. But Liz, what did you think now knowing that Christopher and Robert have won their first challenge? That's so I was thinking back. I'm like, I know they've been top for a while, yep. but they haven't won yet. This is the first one they've won. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Home run. Absolutely. Home run. They they nailed this one. Um, 
and yes, Paul, hers was great too. But as far as it comes down to detail and design, this one had a lot more. Whereas theirs was bigger, there was a lot of gray. This just had much, much more detail to it. And yeah, it, no question that they deserve the win on this. It's amazing. I'm very happy for them. Yeah. And I think like for those who are listening, you know, I think a lot of people are nervous to go on the show if they don't have a lot of building experience. And to hear Robert say, you know, both of us came in here having not built that many custom Lego builds. Christopher goes on to say, or really any. And Robert goes on to say, so the fact that we've got you know, the top spot is really amazing. And it was, you know, it's just like, that's a cool thing. Like, I think even I always joke about on this podcast, like I could never go on the show because I'm not as talented as Liz or as Justin, you know, how do I go on the show without that sort of experience? But I think Christopher and Robert are really showing us almost like, like an, uh, an unending enthusiasm and a love for the brick can take you pretty far in this competition. You know, here, like you said, they've been in the top and now with a win, it's really, really exciting. Well, and you you know he also has like every Lego set that's ever been made. Yeah. He's them all. So he's built using thousands of different techniques under his belt. So he's got a wide, wide array of skills there just from building Lego sets. That's fair. And and I and sometimes I feel like now, you know, having watched a lot of Lego Masters and talked about it for so long, when I build a new set, I'm sort of like being like, oh, that's how they attach this. I'm going to remember that. That's I, I often find myself doing that when I'm building the sets. Um, So that's a good thing is, you know, Building sets is practice, obviously using your creativity, building under a clock, those sort of things is what you're going to ultimately need. But building sets can be practiced too. But I think, I think one point I'd like to make though, one other point is that a fresh perspective um, sometimes is really, really advantageous because I think that, you know, we see how things are done a lot of ways, you know, you, you have seen a certain technique and how it can be used in certain ways, but if you maybe don't have a lot of that on your own mocking experience and you just want to try things like you sort of have like a clean slate where you're not sort of boxed in with the, with an algorithm that's already been played out in your head. So I think that that sometimes can be an advantage in certain ways. So, yeah. um, you know, um, maybe obviously learning techniques from sets is, is wonderful. And I do that all the time. Um, but that, that might be an advantage in certain, certain cases also. I love it. Well, unfortunately, you know, there has to be a bottom two in every episode. And so this time around it was Lewis and Alex and Allison and Melanie for Lewis and Alex. They said, unfortunately, your bag just didn't materialize in the way that any of us expected. It was quite fragile, and honestly, it just wasn't ready for the runway. And then for Allison and Melanie, they said, This challenge was all about elevating the Lego brick to create designer handbags that really did fool the eye. But unfortunately, your blocky build, it just didn't work. And in terms of your technical ambition, your bag felt a little more basic. And that, you know, when you, when you heard Amy say that, I think to me it was obvious who was going home. And unfortunately, it was Allison and Melanie, um, which... You know, when we're down to six teams, like we've really come to like know and love these characters, you know, that we see on screen. But Liz, you know, what are your thoughts about Allison and Melanie as we say goodbye to them here in this challenge? I am so happy that they went on the show and they got to play their ukuleles and sing. Yay. <laughs> um, and, and represent us ladies. And Justin's laughing because you might not know this, but we had ukuleles on set and we played them and they never aired it. So I'm happy that <laughs> someone got to play it and air it. Um, I'm glad that they had bold color choices. They had awesome builds. They represented more women in the Lego community and they did awesome at it. Uh, their camera last week was also amazing. I know that they got like kind of shredded a little bit on it being very blocky. And I'm like, it was still amazing one-to-one. -one. 
their builds have been great and I'm sad to see them go. And I wish that they had had like more time on this or had a different idea. Cause I think they, they really could have done a great job here too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You know, I think, you know, they brought like a fun to the show, a sweetness to the show. And just like that playfulness that I think we all should make sure we remind ourselves that when we're doing stuff with Lego and like they were very refreshing to have on the show. And listen, I think we, this show does an unbelievable job of creating more representation for female builders. We need even more of it. So I love to see a team like this, like you were saying, Liz, and maybe because we didn't get the representation of ukulele players on your season that we so desperately needed. That's why we got it in this season. So really you paved the way you guys walked so right. Allison and Melanie could run. Uh, but <laughs> Justin, what, you know, what are your final thoughts here about Allison and Melanie? You know, I, I think that they were sort of the victims of, of idea fatigue maybe in this episode and then some time for sure. Um, you know, when it came down to the bottom two, I think probably both of these two teams were unable to hold their bags. And I think that probably was a requirement, which is, you know, with both of them being unable sure. to do that, that puts them both in the bottom two. And I think at the end of the day, um, uh, Lewis and Alex's bag just looked more like a fashion bag than, than, um, than the other one than Allison and Melanie's. And so, you know, I, I, I thought I, I would agree with Liz. I thought that they had some, some pretty harsh criticism for their camera last episode. I know it was small, but it was very indistinguishable from a lot of the other stuff in the room. I thought they did a fantastic job and, um, you know, there were some great characters to bring on the show and it's always sad when somebody has to, has to go home, but that's the, that's the, the name of the competition, right? Somebody has got to go home every week. So, you know, I think they should be proud that they made it to the seventh episode. That's, that's a quite an accomplishment. It's hard to do for sure. Um, that's a lot of hours building on, on set and it's, it's stressful and it's tough. And I think that they should be, they should be proud of what they did. Absolutely. And, and we got a comment, you know, uh, as they're saying goodbye, Melanie says, we didn't know we were going to get this far on the show. And Allison continues to say, we thought we were going to be out second, honestly. And, you know, that sort of like imposter syndrome is something like that we all face. And to consider like how amazing that they did. And like, you know, you know, these ladies have chops. I mean, like, I, I couldn't believe that they were so down on themselves. But Liz, like, is this like an easy trap to fall fall in when you're surrounded by all this, you know, great builders and a cool show? And one, when we showed up, because, you know, Aaron and I didn't have a lot of experience mock building together. And when you see people like Justin pulled that squid out of thin air for that bull ride episode. And Aaron <laughs> and I were next to them. And I'm like, how did they do that? They had nothing. And then they had everything. And then you see all these amazing builders around you who are just doing things that you never thought possible. So the imposter syndrome is 110% real. And then you get people like Jamie and Amy who actually say nice things to you. And you still are like, are they talking to me? Did they, did they really mean that? <laughs> and you second guess it and you go back to the hotel and you're just like, did they say something nice? And, and they like what I'm doing? No, but I'm still messing up this. And I still messed up this. And uh -huh. then it comes back. It doesn't go away. Every single episode that Aaron and I didn't go home, we immediately left and we we're like, we didn't go home yet. Like we were in shock every single week. So, I mean, I get it when they are saying, I can't believe we made it this far. I understand that feeling 110%. We all thought we were going home episode three. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad that they didn't go home when they did. And I hope that this gives them some more of that confidence that they should, this, th this is the swag they should be walking around with is how, how amazing that they are and how great they did this season. And I think one other point too, is that, you know, each, each build is a different build each week. And really you can be the best builder on that set, but if you have one bad build, 
that that's your, that's maybe your week to go home. And so, you know, you just, just being, you giving everything that you have for each one of these builds is really important because frankly, like you just, you just gotta be better than one team. Right. So <laughs> it, it, it makes it a little bit tough as far as that imposter syndrome goes, because you certainly feel outgunned. And I felt outgunned the entire time we were on set the whole time, you know, but, um, but they, they did great. They had a, they had some awesome ideas and I think that they should, they should be really proud of how they did. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, I think it, it's it's so tough because, you know, we, we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves just in our everyday mock building, let alone when you're building on on this sort of a level in front of uh, America and, and, and parts of Canada and all these sort of things like, you know, you want to make sure you're doing your best. And these two have nothing but, you know, should feel nothing but pride for everything they were able to do. But, you know, when we say goodbye to a team, of course, we have to look to the next episode and we got a preview. Uh, Will says we've teamed up with Lego 2K Drive, which is a new video game for those of you who don't know. And you're going to pick one race car and one water vehicle and we'll smash them together and then you'll take all the pieces from your smash to create remote control vehicles that you will race in our custom made race course. And, you know, a lot of the fun of this game is like, um, you know, you're driving on the track and you're a car that you can design yourself. And then when you go into the water, you turn into a boat that you might have designed yourself. So it really does bring a lot of those elements. And in a fun way, they're not smashing your creation. They're smashing like pre, you know, like the the, the ideas you're going to build your creation off of, perhaps. But when you saw all this, Justin, is this a challenge you wish you could get your hands on? Did this make you excited? I want to know what what the judging rules are for this because I'm trying to think. Okay, it, it can't be just your ability to race this thing around the track. I don't I don't see that being being part of this. Is it just based off of the structural integrity? Is it based off of what it looks like? I think it's an awesome idea to have a limited set of of, of pieces to to put yeah. something together out of, and I think that's a really tough challenge because at this point in the competition, you're so used to having so many different types of bricks at your fingertip that fingertips that this is going to be somewhat limiting. So I think this is going to be tough. And I'm really uh, curious as to see what their what their judging criteria for this is. Um, because that, that would determine if I want to do it or not. Um, it looks like it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have to imagine that they'll probably have some sort of rules similar to the Demolition Derby episode from season two, which was, you know, there was sort of your structural integrity pieces, like you were mentioning, basically, how long did you survive in the Derby? But there was also points and and actually like someone who could maybe be safe for that episode based on aesthetics alone. So I, I do wonder if there's going to be some sort of rule shenanigans there with, you know, do you go for strength? Do you go for aesthetics? Do you go for both and hope you win? Um, but Liz, you know, what do you think about this challenge? You know, we even see, like I said, evil Christopher is back. We see, you know, him having his evil laugh while racing. And we see a funny segment with Emily just screaming, Christopher, Christopher. And even we get Sam sort of making fun of her during this part of the competition. But what did you think about all this seeing it? And, you know, what are your thoughts about as we go into the next episode? My thoughts are, wow, that's a lot. Like, it's like, you get this and then this and then this and then they crash this and then you do this and then you do this. And I'm like, I'm already lost. And they, this is just the explanation of what this challenge is. And then they got to race it. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they come up with based on the limited bricks and all of the parameters of this insane challenge. Absolutely. And now we've, we're down to only five teams. There's only really like a few, you know, there's, there's not as many places to hide, but also all the teams, you know, are really exceptional. They've all done really well. You know, every team who's left has at least gotten a top two, if not won a challenge. And this is going to be an interesting showdown. So, you know, Justin, you know, we've been talking about this every week on the podcast. 
who are you rooting for? You know, who are you excited to see going into the rest of the competition or at least into the next episode? Um, I, you know, since since the beginning of the show, watching some of the ideas that I've seen Sam have, I think he's got to be a he's got to be a favorite in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that, uh, that Chris and Robert have that villain energy that um, that <laughs> the, the, the producers really love as well. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, it, it, it I think, for you know, for instance, with Sam, um, he's had a couple of episodes where he's been a little bit too ambitious. Right. Yeah. And so this this is where it gets really tough because they want you to do the best possible build that you can. And they like that ambition, but it can also be very punishing. So there's you just said it yourself. There's no place to hide anymore. I'm really excited to see what some of these teams can do. And I think, honestly, anybody here could win it. It just depends on the day and it depends on the challenge. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, 40% of these contestants are going to be in the bottom two, you know, next episode. So there really is nowhere to hide. Um, But yeah, I think with like Sam, you know, we've seen him with the mechanisms and they, and their design sense is so strong, you know, with him and Nina, I definitely think that they could be strong contenders here in this next episode. And I'm, you know, I'm curious, you know, Liz, who do you think is going to be successful in this next episode? And who are you rooting for? Well, I'm rooting for Kelly and Emily. Just saying. (laughs) I love it. I'm rooting for Kelly and Emily, like girl power. Let's go. And just the fact that, like, I know Kelly has been featured in the Lego house and they are phenomenal builders, too. But I know Lewis as well. And I'm like, Lewis is not to be taken lightly. Like, he is a beast of a builder. I don't know Alex that well. But then again, Paul, I'm, I've am i seen his stuff, too. Like, this is anybody's game. And the fact that Robert and Christopher have done so well I mean, I would not be surprised if the non-mock builders like win because they they are just like the fresh eyes who have all these ideas. Like Justin said, sometimes coming in, not knowing exactly what this part is and then you making it your own is an advantage in and of itself. Absolutely. So so basically what we're saying is that we're rooting for everyone. And uh, I, and honestly, it's it's sort of true because like I said, we really like all these teams. Like, you know, like when, when I hear Emily screaming in the in the preview, like, I really hope she does well. Like, I want her to do well. You know, when we see, you know, all these teams, you know, Paul and Nilita were in the top two, you know, Lewis and Alex have a redemption, you know, after this last challenge, you know, whatever it might be, you know, Nina and Sam can't hide without the golden brick. You know, it's like you get just so excited and, you know, and it makes me just even more excited to talk about next episode. But having the two of you made me so excited to talk about this one. So we've reached the end of our podcast. And I just want to say, Thank you genuinely to the two of you for joining me. This was such a fun time breaking everything down with you. Um, But of course, everyone's going to want to stay in touch because they loved all your hot takes. So Liz, let everyone know what are you up to and where can they find you after the show? Uh, I'm uh, Liz P. Builds on Instagram. And that's where you can see my Lego life and what I've been posting, which isn't much now because work, but I'm slowly getting back into the Lego life stuff now that, you know, work's already tapering off. I love it. And you can see my handbag on Instagram too. (laughs) Oh, yes. You can find out if Liz would have won the challenge. um, (laughs) I made a clutch. I made a small clutch. And my clutch took me 20 hours. So there's no way I could have done it in the eight. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, Well, Justin, uh, let everyone know what you're up to and where they can find you. Uh, Well, I'm still just doing my my pediatrician thing at one of the hospitals. It's picking up as far as respiratory season goes, but I have been building quite a bit. I've been really enjoying having fun with the, uh, the macro figure kind of uh scale that has been recently coming out with lego i've been trying to work
work with with that a little bit. You can see most of my builds on BlockDocJustin. Uh, that's who I that's how I am on Instagram. Um, that's where I post my stuff there. And then I'm planning on uh, hitting the convention circuit pretty hard this next year. So hopefully, if you want to join, I'm hope, hoping to go to, to be at BrickWorld Chicago. Hoping to be at BrickCan. Um, maybe uh, maybe BrickCon in Seattle. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I'd like to go to Austin as well. So um, I'll, I'll be around. Rodeo. I already got my tickets. Brick Rodeo <laughs> yeah. in Austin is going to be amazing. And Brick World Chicago, definitely. Yes. Well, I, you know, I'm not sure you're going to be helping any kids this summer. It sounds like, Justin, you're going to be gone the entire summer. But um, no, honestly, getting to meet all of you at the conventions is so much fun. And I hope our listeners get a chance to do that as well. But thank you again, just the two of you. This really made it such a fun episode to break down because the two of you were here. So thank you again. Oh, Thanks thank you for, for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. I had a really good time. I'd love to do it again sometime. Well, we'd, we, we'd be honored to have you. So thanks again. And we're out. That's it. That's the show. Awesome. Oh, man. It was just so much fun getting to break everything down with Justin and Liz. And it makes me even more excited for this home stretch that we've got in the competition. Because like we talked about, all the teams are really firing on all cylinders these days. So it's really anyone's game. Coming up next in your podcast feed, I'll have my exit interview with Melanie and Allison. Plus, of course, we'll be back next Saturday with another panel of your favorite former Lego Masters contestants. As we break down this Lego 2K Drive episode, eight. So be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on anything we've got coming up. And if you're liking what we're doing here, be sure you leave us a review and rating over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. So if you want to follow along with the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it now. If you want even more Lego content, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, where I cover the Lego news for the week every Saturday. And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at Talk Bricks. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, and Facebook, it's Talk Bricks Masters. And on Twitter, it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time.